to explaining the tabernacle, of course, is the book of Exodus chapters 25 through 40. And Exodus 25 through 31 gives us the instructions for building the tabernacle. And then there, after Moses received the instructions for the tabernacle and went down to the children of Israel for them to build the tabernacle, he had a major crisis on his hands. And they dealt with that crisis, and then they constructed the tabernacle. So the, the um, story of the tabernacle follows the instructions, the crisis, and then the construction of the tabernacle. In the instructions for the tabernacle, and the, the Lord told Moses to have the children of Israel bring an offering, and then he told him about the furniture, and that's what we looked at somewhat last week. And then he described for him how to build the tent, and that's what we're going to look at tonight. And then told them about the priest and gave him some specific instructions regarding the construction of the tabernacle. So those all have to do with the, with the instructions. Before we get into this, I want to remind us that, that in Exodus chapter 24, the Lord told Moses that he was going to give him commandments that Moses might teach them. And this is Exodus chapter 24, verse 12. Whenever Moses was with the children of Israel, with the elders of the children of Israel, up in the mountain, whenever they were sealing their covenant with the Lord, the Lord called Moses back up into the mountain, and the Lord told Moses to come up to him, and the Lord would give him tables of stone, a law and commandments, uh, which God had written, uh, that thou mayest teach them. And then Moses went up to the Lord in the mountain, and beginning in chapter 25, and going all the way through uh, chapter 31, we have the instructions that God gave Moses so that Moses could teach them. So what we're looking at, whenever we look at these instructions for the tabernacle, is the body of truth that God told Moses that he was going to give him so that he could teach the people of Israel. So this body of information regarding the, regarding the construction of the tabernacle was intended to be taught yeah, the instructions for the tabernacle, chapters 25 through 31, uh, the Lord intended Moses to teach. So what we're doing is we're looking at this body of information as God delivered it to Moses so that Moses could teach the people. And of course, the Lord instructed them to give an offering. He told them that it needed to be with a willing heart. And, and then all the materials for the tabernacle were listed. And he told the purpose of the, of the offering. The purpose of the offering was so that they could build a, a tabernacle so that the Lord could dwell among them. And obviously what we're looking at here is a, is a pattern of God's dwelling place. Uh, the, the Bible never, never says that the God of the Bible is small enough that he can go get into a little building and have a place to live. Obviously the Lord was giving him a visual aid uh, to teach people what the dwelling place of God is like, what it's similar to. And then the Lord instructed Moses to build things according to the pattern. And last week we looked in some detail about the ark and the mercy seat. The purpose of these things, of the ark and the mercy seat, was to give a place where God could commune with the people of Israel. And then we talked some about the contents of, of the ark and how that the ark of the covenant represents God's authority. It's a picture of the throne of God. And we've got a little picture there. And then as we look more into the furniture... The table of showbread is the next item of furniture and there's a description of it and what the showbread is for, how the showbread is to be bought, brought and put into two stacks. Um, 
and there's a little picture of, of that. I'm not sure what the what that little picture is for, but there there it is in their drawing of it. <laughs> and then we've got the the description of the candlestick. So the so whenever the Lord instructed Moses about the tabernacle, the first three the first thing that he did was give him instructions regarding these three first primary pieces of furniture and the the uh, candlestick was for continual light in the temple and it may have looked something like this that looks more more like a coat hanger but but nevertheless you know the the other ones that I've seen there there's a photograph of a of a um a, what do you call, a, a frieze a, a, a three-dimensional uh carving in one of the buildings there in the Middle East that actually shows the Romans soldiers carrying um, a, a uh, lampstand and it doesn't have quite as long a, a stem on it as this one does. That's why this one looks a little unusual to me. Alright, so we come up with the very first thing the Lord instructed Moses about was these three pieces of furniture and each one of those pieces of furniture represents something significant. One represents authority another is a place of nourishment and the third one is a place of enlightenment. And I'd like to ask you to come with me relative to the idea that these are these represent the relative Offices, the relative positions of the of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In reference to that, I'd like to ask you to come with me to the Book of Revelation, chapter four. <clears throat> Revelation chapter four. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. This, of course, is the Apostle John <coughs> on the island of Patmos, and John has has seen Christ come to him, and Christ told him that he was going to tell him some things which which were and which um, which had been, which are, and which which were to come. And then the Lord called him up into heaven, and uh, he says here, um, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. The lamps represent the spirit of God. That's one place that um, that we came up with this um, interpretation. Obviously, the Heavenly Father represents the ultimate authority, and Christ is referred to as the bread of life. He's the one that actually nur- provides the nourishment uh, for us. And and there in Revelation, we see the the lamps referred to as the as the seven spirits of God. Well, of course, if we if we miss <laughs> the emphasis that that all of this was set up to show us that we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. There is a holy place. There is access to God. But for you and me, we've got to come through the sacrifice. That's the only access that we have to, to get into the, the presence of the Lord. Well, again, the instructions for the tabernacle. We, we looked at the offering. We've looked at the furniture. And this evening we're going to take a little time and look at the tent. So let's begin by going to the book of... Exodus chapter 26. Exodus chapter 26. And we're going to read this this section. Exodus 26. Let's take a look at verses 1 through 5. 
or 1 through 6 rather, I'm sorry. Moreover, thou shalt make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twined linen and blue and purple and scarlet with cherubims of cunning work shalt thou make them. Alright, now this is the actual tabernacle. These curtains are the tabernacle. These curtains are the tabernacle. Okay, and you'll notice that we've got four different kinds of material. The fine twine linen, of course, that's white, pure. That's representing, reflecting the, the purity, the righteousness of God. Blue, that represents the deity of God. And, and we would say that, that's, that that is such because when the people of Israel saw the God of Israel there in Exodus chapter 24, it says that they saw a pavement like a sapphire stone, which would, which would have been blue. And purple, that's of course the color of authority, the color of royalty. And then scarlet, that's the color of blood, the, the color of, that represents the need for a sacrifice, a reflection of God's justice. With cherubims of cunning work shalt thou make them. So we, we're going to have these, these huge um, curtains that are these, these colors with cherubims in them. Now, you'll notice that there is no description of what the cherubims look like. One reason is that the Lord was going to give those particular details to um, Bezalel and Aholiab. Uh, there is a description of cherubims over in the book of, of Ezekiel, chapter 1, with their, the wings that, that were over their heads and the wings that covered their body and the wings that, that did fly and the, um, and the wheels and, and things of that nature. So they, they may have been... Uh, they may have looked like those. The length of one curtain shall be eight and twenty cubits, and the breadth of one curtain four cubits. And every one of the curtains shall have one measure. And five curtains shall be coupled together one to another, and other five curtains shall be coupled one to another. And thou shalt make loops of blue upon the edge of the one curtain in the selvedge in the coupling, and thou shalt make in the uttermost edge of another curtain in the coupling of the second. Fifty loops shalt thou make in the one curtain, and fifty loops shalt thou make in the edge of the curtain that is in the coupling of the second, that the loops may take hold one of another. And thou shalt make fifty tatches of gold, and couple the curtains together with the tatches, and it shall be one tabernacle. So we've got these long strips that are sewn together and we have uh, five curtains coupled together in, in one and five curtains in another and then we've got the, those are connected with loops and then golden tatches or, or we would just call them clasps or tacks of, of gold and of course each one of these curtains is all, the, is all four of those colors with, with the uh, embroidered um, cherubims in them. Now, let's move to the next one, the curtains. All right, so, the, so this first one, this beautiful, colorful um, arrangement of curtains, this, is, this first one, we're looking at the bottommost layer, is called the tabernacle. And then the next group is called the curtain, and that's going to be on top of the tabernacle. And thou shalt make curtains of goat's hair to be a covering for the tabernacle, uh, Eleven curtains shalt thou make. Okay, a word about the goat's hair. Goat's hair curtains or goat's hair tents in the Middle East are black. Are black. If you want to get something other than black, they they 
dye them another color, but the, but the uh, typical color of goat's hair curtains is, is black. Uh, to be a covering upon the tabernacle, eleven curtains shalt thou make. The length of one curtain shall be thirty cubits, and the breadth of one curtain four cubits, and the eleven curtains shall be of one measure. So they're all going to be exactly the same measure. And thou shalt couple five curtains by themselves and six curtains by themselves and shalt double the sixth curtain in the forefront of the tabernacle and thou shalt make fifty loops on the edge of the one curtain that is outmost in the coupling and fifty loops in the edge of the curtain which coupleth the second and thou shalt make fifty tatches of brass and put the tatches into the loops and couple the tent together that it may be one and the remnant that remaineth of the curtains of the tent, the half curtain that remaineth shall hang over the back side of the tabernacle, and a cubit on the one side, and a cubit on the other side of that which remaineth in the length of the curtains of the tent, it shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle on this side and on that side to cover it. All right. So this, so this, uh, this black covering of of goat's hair is going to completely cover over this uh, this glorious colorful, beautiful tabernacle. So we're going to have the, the beautiful tabernacle curtains, and then that's going to be covered over with the goat's hair curtain, completely covered over. <clears throat> now, goats are... What, what, uh, what kind of creatures are goats in the Bible, typically? Yeah, those are the... That's evil, isn't it? The Lord's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Do you remember when, when Jacob deceived... Uh, Isaac. Remember, Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And whenever the time came that, jo that Jacob wanted to deceive his father regarding who, his identity, you know, the time came that, that, uh, that, I'm, that, I'm sorry. Yeah, I've got the names right, haven't I? Isaac is the dad, Jacob and Esau are the sons. Okay. Isaac wanted to bless his elder son, Esau. And of course, Mama Rebecca heard out just outside the tent door. And so while Esau ran off to, to go get some savory deer meat, or, or the, the Bible calls it venison, such as, such, as, um, such as Isaac loved, well, you know, um, Jacob and mom cooked up a, a, a savory pot of meat there. And, and uh, Jacob went in, and he, was, he went into the tent to deceive his father. What did, what did Jacob employ as a part of his deception of his father? Yeah, goat skins. Yeah, and the father felt him and uh, felt his arms and, and said, hmm, the arms are the arms of Esau, but the voice is the voice of, of Jacob. And, and there we see uh, goats, goats hair intimately involved in, a, in an evil deception there. Goats are associated with evil. So if you take a look at what we've got here, we have this beautiful covering of the furniture of the tabernacle. We've got these three pieces of furniture. That which would represent the relative positions of the of the persons of the Godhead, and their their covering is beautiful and glorious, attended by um, angelic creatures, and the colors of which reflect the, the the various aspects of the of the person of God. But that's covered over from view by goat's hair, something which which is associated with sin. And thou shalt make verse fourteen. And thou shalt make a covering for the tent of ram skins dyed red. See, the, the tabernacle of God is going to be placed in the midst of men 
Of course, it's, men, men are not going to discern it because it's covered over, because of the, our sin causes us not to be able to see it. But in order to dwell among us, the Lord still has the ram skins dyed red. Of course, that represents death. And then all of this is covered over with badger skins. Badger skins. So you, so you have this, this meaningful set of, of coverings that, also, that if you just went and looked at it, it would just look like it's nothing. <laughs> the, the badger skins would just be brown, uh, brown uh, covering there. So as you stood off and looked at it, you would see, you'd see this thing that looks like, well, it just looks like a wigwam down there. It doesn't really look like anything particularly interesting in and of itself. Of course, they had, there was the, flower, the fire by night and the cloud and glory by day. But just to the, to the eye of a natural human being that was looking at this, it wouldn't look like there was anything here. But if you peel off the, the coverings, it's quite significant what's under there. It's, it's all very, uh, very meaningful. And, it, and again, this is all a visual aid. The Lord gave all these things as, as a visual aid. The Lord's not interested in so much showing us just Here's how to make a good tent if you're going to be traveling through the desert. That's, that's not his point. His point is to, is to use these, is to use these uh, pieces of furniture, these layers of coverings, these, the uh, altar and the, and the brass laver and the curtain, because he's, he's reflecting truth to us. And, and so we're looking at this, trying to, trying to understand the truth the Lord's reflecting to us. Well, and thou shalt make boards for the tabernacle, of shittim wood standing up. All right, now now we're going to go back to this uh, be- the beautiful tents here, the beautiful the beautiful tents, the the uh, the uh, fine linen, scarlet, blue, and purple with the cherubims in it. We're going to make boards for that now, and the boards are going to be standing up, and the tabernacle, that is the the beautiful covering, is going to be laid over over these boards. So instead of having tent posts. We're actually going to have walls, and that's that's what the boards are all about. Let's take a look. And I shall make boards for the tabernacle of shittim wood, standing up. Ten cubits shall be the length of a board, and a cubit and a half shall be the breadth of one board. Now, of course, now we've we've talked about the cubits before. A cubit, just for 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 just for simplicity's sake, for our study here, we're just going to consider a cubit to be approximately a foot and a half. And that to, to help us visualize what we're talking about here. So if we've got, if we have the um, the boards are ten cubits, we're looking at fifteen feet. Fifteen feet, and a cubit and a half. How how wide would that be at a foot and a half per cubit? Three feet. All right. So if the um, ten cubits the length, a cubit and a half shall be the breadth. Okay. So a cubit's going to be about eighteen inches, right? And then a half cubit will be about nine inches. So it'll be about twenty-seven, a little over two feet. Shall be the breadth of one board. Two tenons, and, and tenons means hands, but we're, we're talking about dowel pins that are stick, stand, uh, coming out the bottom of them. Two tenons shall be in one board, set in order one against another. Thus shalt thou make for all the boards of the tabernacle. And thou shalt make the boards for the tabernacle, twenty boards on the south side, southward. And thou shalt make forty sockets of silver under the twenty boards two sockets under one board for his two tenons. Now, again, the tenons, the word tenons here, my, my Bible has a note that says hands. But, so what we've got is we, we've, got, uh, we've got a piece of wood coming out the bottom of the board that, that the socket is going to 
slip into. So the tenon would be like a, a dowel rod sticking out of it to, to connect into the sockets. Two sockets under, under another board for his two tenons. Verse 20. And for the second side of the tabernacle, on the north side there shall be twenty boards. And there forty sockets of silver, two sockets under one board and two sockets under another board. And for the sides of the tabernacle westward, thou shalt make six boards. And two boards shalt thou make for the corners in the tabernacle in the two sides. And they shall be coupled together beneath, and they shall be coupled together above the head of it unto one ring. And thus shall it be for them both they, be for them both, they shall be for the two corners. And they shall be eight boards and their sockets of silver, sixteen sockets, two sockets under one board and two sockets under another board. <coughs> So we have the, the, the golden boards are side by side and the boards are set in the, in the sockets of silver. And we're going to see a little bit later on in the tabernacle where those sockets came from. Those, those sockets came whenever each one of the children of Israel had to bring a certain number of shekels of silver for the service of the tabernacle. And, and those shekels of silver were given as a ransom for each person. A, 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 an atonement, the Bible says, a ransom or an atonement for their souls. And, and so the, the foundation of the tabernacle is atonement. There couldn't, be any, there couldn't be any dwelling of God among men if it weren't for the atonement. And we'll, we'll come back to that a little bit later. We've got a description here of, the, of, the, of the, well, the dimensions of the tabernacle. In fact, let's go ahead and stop and we'll take a look at some of the information on my PowerPoint here. We've got, <coughs> excuse me, 48 boards. And a hundred sockets, 96 silver sockets, two for each of the boards and four sockets under the pillars of the veil. And then, of course, we have the bars of gold. And uh, let, let's go ahead and take a look at that. That's talked about in these next few verses. Let's go to verse 26. And thou shalt make bars of shittim wood, five for the boards on the one side of the tabernacle and five bars for the boards on the other side of the tabernacle and five bars for the boards on the side of the tabernacle for the two sides westward. And the middle bar in the midst of the boards shall reach from end to end. And thou shalt overlay the boards with gold and make their rings uh, of gold for places for the bars. And thou shalt overlay the bars with gold. And thou shalt rear up the tabernacle according to the fashion thereof which was showed thee in the mount. So there are some details about how all these things fit together. For instance, the bars. Um, I've seen several uh, different representations as to what that might mean. Some show a, a solid wall, you know, of the, of the boards all side by side with one bar uh, that goes from one end to the other and then four shorter bars. Um, one, one person that I've read said that the bars actually are going through the boards, that they're actually embedded inside the boards going through. So, so people have got some different ideas. Again, uh, Bezalel would know for sure. The, the Lord gave him the wisdom as to exactly how all this was, was to fit together. But one of the things that we see here is that when this was put together, this was a solid uh, structure. This was a solid structure, and that's, the, that's one of the main things that we get from this. We can also take a look at the significance of the numbers here. You know, we talk about how that five is the number of grace, and that grace is what holds the tabernacle uh, to, together among men, but we're not going to get into the numerology at this point. 
All right, let's continue there in verse um, <clears throat> verse 28. And the middle bar shall reach, in, in the midst of the boards shall reach from end to end. And thou shalt overlay the, the, bo- the boards with gold and make their rings gold, the places for the bars. And thou shalt overlay the bars with gold and thou shalt rip the tabernacle according to the fashion. Again, the, the idea of, of the gold, the, the best possible material to, to represent the, the place of God. And thou shalt make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet, fine twine linen of cunning work with cherubims shall it be made. So the veil is going to be of the same material that the, that the tabernacle itself was. All right, so the tabernacle has the pillars and the hooks and there's a curtain at the, at the entrance. All right, the coverings for the tabernacle include the, well, you've got the tabernacle itself and you've got the covering of the goat's hair. And the second covering made of ram skins dyed red. And the top covering of badger or, or porpoise or sea cow skins. Yeah, one of the things that we talk, that we have to look at is where did they get the badgers? And uh, some folks say that the, think that the, uh, uh, a better translation for the badger would be a porpoise, that the, that the porpoises would have been available to them in the, in the Red Sea. Whereas the a badger, well, there may or may not have been badgers in, as we know them in the in this desert there. All right, the measurements of the tabernacle. All right, the tabernacle is 30 cubits long, but whenever you put all the boards together, the tabernacle is 30 cubits long, 10 cubits wide, and 10 cubits tall. So 45 feet long, 15 feet wide and 15 feet tall. So we've got a uh, one to three dimension. The measurements of the holy place, just uh, be, between the, uh, just outside the, the, the uh, veil, is 20 cubits long and 10 cubits wide. And the measurements of the most holy place, of course, are going to be 10 cubits long and 10 cubits wide. And the holy place is going to be 10 cubits high. So here's a, a rough picture as to what the tabernacle would have looked like uh, whenever it was all constructed. Now, um, there was no instructions for for what the wall was going to be like on the east side. Why is that? That's the entrance, isn't it? Yeah, the east side is is the entrance. That's why we only have instructions for the the uh, west side for the for the west wall. And and this diagram shows the the uh, furniture there. There's the, uh, in the most holy place, there's one square and that represents the Ark of the Covenant. In the, in the um, holy place, the square represents the table of showbread and the seven dots, that represents the, uh, the lampstand. And then the, uh, the little square just in front of, the, the tiny square kind of there by itself in the middle, uh, that's representing the, the golden altar, which we haven't talked about yet. All right, so there's a representation of the veil between the between the um, holy place and the most holy place, and that brings us to verse 31, Exodus chapter 26, verse 31. And thou shalt make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine linen of cunning work with cherubims shall it be made, and thou shalt hang it upon four pillars of shittim wood overlaid with gold, and their hooks shall be of gold upon the four sockets of silver. And thou shalt hang up the veil under the taches that thou mayest bring in thither within the veil the ark of the testimony and the veil shall divide unto you between the holy place and the most holy place. And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. 
and thou shalt set the table without the veil and the candlestick over against the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south and thou shalt put the table on the north side and thou shalt make an hanging for the door of the tent of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine linen and thou shalt make the hanging uh, five pillars of shittim wood and overlay them with gold and their hooks shall be of gold and thou shalt cast five sockets of brass for them. So, so the Lord makes the division there between... Now, again, we've only got the three pieces of furniture in view, haven't we? And the Ark of the Covenant is in a special, separate position to itself and then the other two are in the holy place. And we've actually gone over, so we'll have to stop right here and we'll take a look at some more next week.